When your income is seasonal and hard to plan for, building a budget might not seem possible. That's where Sydney was before starting to use the Debt-Free Mom pay period budget template for her personal finances. Sydney admits that she's not a numbers person, but she's looking to grow in her budgeting skills while using those same money principles for her small business. We talk about the temptations of impulse shopping, finding freedom in a budget instead of restriction, and creating a sustainable plan for her growing business. I'm your host, Carly Hill, and this is the Debt-Free Mom Podcast. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. You guys know I'm all about finding ways to minimize both clutter and overspending. If you're looking to reduce your clothes spending while still having new styles to try, this is for you. I have a couple events coming up that I'd love to have new pieces for. With the clothes I got from Armoire, I can have multiple high-end options for the price of one outfit. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash debtfreemom. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash debtfreemom to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Today I have Sydney with me and Sydney is a photographer living in Minneapolis surrounded by love, white space, and her favorite family photos and heirlooms. She loves creating memories with her husband and her young son, hiking, biking, eating ice cream, or coloring. She began budgeting and tracking expenses in 2013 when she moved into her first apartment, but didn't really feel like she hit her stride until 2021 when she started following Debt-Free Mom and using the budget template. So welcome, Sydney. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So Sydney, you signed up to do this interview because you had questions about business budgeting specifically. So before we dive into business budgeting, can you tell me what you currently do for your personal budget? How do you operate that? What are some things that you have found helpful in just planning and tracking your personal finances? In 2021, I heard about you through another Instagram account that I follow. And she just shared a little bit about how the template worked and how she used it for their family. And I was like, this seems like something I could do. I am not a numbers person (laughs) at all. In fact, my, my family jokes that I like am the worst person with math. So (laughs) it's really funny that I like, I feel like I conquered this. So I started using, I think I signed up for the pay period budget Academy and really just ate it all up. Like my husband was like, Oh my gosh, can you not be on my computer anymore? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working on our budget. I'm making our life work. And it was super easy to follow. Even showing it to my husband was great. He was like, okay, so we're going to track everything, all our expenses down here. And I think having numbers in mind, as far as like, when we're going to go fill up with gas or how much we're going to spend on groceries, having the little trackers at the bottom were really helpful. And he has it on his phone too. So he can see, oh, if I fill up, like I'll just put it in here, whatever. Those were the real big turning points for us. We're having the trackers, having all of our numbers in my income with photography that I bring to the family is buried. And so being able to tell, okay, this month, 
I'm really going to have to push it or this is my busy season so I can contribute more Mm -hmm. and then figuring out where sort of the chips are going to fall. So if we have a slower month, okay, am I going to sell more on Facebook Marketplace? Am I going to really try to market certain sessions or is my husband going to be able to work more hours because he's hourly, not salaried. So his income is variable as well. Okay. So just having all of those pieces in place on the template, I think we're helping us really feel like we've got this. (laughs) Yeah. So what pay schedule do you follow? He gets paid on the 1st and the 15th. Okay. He works for a really small bike shop here in the Twin Cities, and I pay myself at those times too. So we get really big chunk in the 1st and a really big chunk on the 15th. And as like when you get close to when the pay period is done, you're like, okay, well, let's start scrounging in the pantry. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Do we really have to fill up or can we push it? Make it it stretch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing too is something that I feel like I is a big light bulb moment for a lot of people, which is once we get in tune with the budget in that way and really know our numbers, especially when you can see it on your phone and be in tune enough to have a rough ballpark of where are we at with groceries in the pay period or where are we at with gas, then we can start to realize that we are actually in control of when we buy those things and we don't have to just like, well, since my car has a quarter tank, I'm just going to fill up no matter what and figure it out later, which really feels like it should be a freeing thing to just do it that way. But then what ends up happening is that we feel like our money is something that happens to us instead of us being able to be like, okay, my tank is maybe a little lower than I like, but also I know that payday is two days away. So when we have that kind of internal self dialogue about knowing the meter of where our budget is at and where how far we are into the pay period, then we start to be so much more an active driver in deciding when to do those things because we just know that the benefit that will just feel better, our money will feel better if we wait a day or if we skip the restaurant once or something where before without that, then it's just we're mindlessly moving through our purchases and then looking back at the sum of it and being like, ooh, I I actually don't like the idea of spending whenever I want because it comes back to bite me. So I think as you're describing that, it really sounds like you guys have gotten into a good groove of in a healthy way and in a freeing way, recognizing what your budget can guide you to do and not do. And I think that's such an important part of it because before people budget, they feel like the budget is only going to offer them restriction and then avoiding a budget is going to offer them freedom. And really it's so much the opposite where you can feel like I can skip this one little purchase for the sake of feeling like I am in control of my money. I'm not going negative, all the good things that come from it. Yeah. And I will say like, I used to be somebody that, especially in this age of drive up Amazon delivery, like next day, same day, all of those (laughs) things I used to think, oh my gosh, I need X, Y, Z. Okay. If I fill up this cart to the minimum order, I honestly would end up just returning most of that stuff because I found like, this is just extra things. These are extra things in our home that we don't need. So I think knowing those numbers and knowing like, okay, we're literally like, we've got this much of a buffer. Yeah. And for me, I was like, okay, do I need this random $10 thing from Amazon or can I learn to live without it until Mm -hmm. the next pay period? And then really just decide like, is this necessary or do I already have something here that will work? It's so helpful too, because it helps us. It makes us realize that 
what we want in the moment is not always what we actually want in the long term. So giving us just a little bit of space between when we notice that we want something and when we actually buy it can really help us to filter out. If I don't want it 24 hours from now, then I didn't need to buy it yesterday. But we never, a lot of times, like you said, because everything advertises how instant it is and how easy it is and order something from Target and you don't even need to get out of your car. So it just lowers the barrier for when we're willing to click buy now, but then it just increases how much we're like, oh, okay. The only reason I bought it was because how easy it was to buy, not because I actually wanted it. So let's go into business budgeting then. So you have had about almost two years. If you started in 2021, almost two years of getting that personal budget flowing and feeling like it was something that worked for you and that helped you see where your money was going. And then you have a small business and you rely in some form on that income for your personal budget, but making that kind of budget style that you're having success with in your personal money work in your business. So let's talk about what you currently do for the business. You mentioned that you pay yourself first and 15th so that you line up with your husband, which I think is awesome because then that just makes your personal budget so much simpler when it's like, this is the day that we both get paid instead of having to track two different schedules. Do you currently have a system for paying yourself like a set amount or a percentage of the revenue? I will say that I actually don't budget anything business-wise currently. Okay. Historically, when I first started my business, we were like, let's see how this thing goes. And the goal was always to do it full-time. And 10 years ago, I got to that point. And at that point, my mom, who's an accountant, took over helping me budget, look at like the numbers, all of that, paying in for sales tax, income mm -hmm. tax, all of those things, getting sort of the logistics of the business set up. And then I, I took that over and looked at the way she was doing it. And I was like, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I am I not an accountant. Where, yeah, I don't know where to <laughs> click. I don't know what to do. So I would really just try to use like the QuickBooks online trackers, but I don't really set aside any sort of percentage for savings or anything. Everything just goes into the business checking account when clients pay me and it comes out when I have expenses. And then I look at our personal budget and I mm -hmm. think, okay, I'm going to need X amount to match my husband, or if we have more expenses that month, I know I can take a little bit more from the mm -hmm. business or give myself a bonus mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the year. So I really don't do any sort of like profit first. I have been really encouraged by you and a few other photographers that I follow to read that or listen to it on audiobook yeah. and start to do that because just the idea of different buckets and things like that, I think would be successful for me, but I really haven't gotten into it yet. Okay. So you're basically, you're saying there's a combination of one, either just paying yourself what the business can afford or looking at your personal budget and asking, what do I need to pay myself and reverse engineering it that way. So in profit first, as we take all the revenue in, then we set percentages in advance for how we're going to allocate the money. And there's four different buckets. There's profit, which is a very small amount percentage wise. It's usually between three and 5%. Right now I do 4%. And then tax is a percentage. 
operating expenses is a pretty large percentage. So that's where we determine what are the repeating expenses to operate the business. And then the other one is the owner pay. And so as we take these different buckets, he recommends running the finances on the 10th and 25th of the month, but 1st and 15th is essentially the same what you do. And so what I do is from, let's say, January 10th to January 24th, I just put all the revenue that I actually get paid into income account is what it's called. And then on January 25th, I have a little spreadsheet that calculates for me based on, okay, if this is how much you brought in, and these are the percents that you want to split it into, then go ahead and put X amount of dollars in profit, X amount of dollars in tax, operating expenses, and owner pay. So it still is a variable income. It doesn't solve the problem of my income no longer being variable because it does change since it's operating as a percent. It's going to fluctuate all the time. However, there's never a case in which I don't pay myself anything because it's a percent of it, right? And so if I make less than I expected to, I'm not making zero. I'm just making a smaller paycheck. So similar to what we just said with your personal finances about figuring out what can I actually buy when based on what my budget says, that's what the profit first method does for the business expenses, especially with like, I have a set amount of repeating expenses, but then I also have random stuff that I buy like a one-time thing, which I'm sure you do as well with equipment or whatever it might be. And I really let the business budget guide when I do those things because I can see if there's going to be extra or not. So what it just does is to help me feel more proactive with the business finances because I'm making sure that I am paying myself and that if there's going to be an area that I cut, I would prefer, honestly, to cut business expenses temporarily than to take the classic business owner perspective of, well, I'm just going to skip paying myself, which mm -hmm. is so often what business owners do. But if we ourselves personally aren't feeling like the business is something that we're profiting from, then it becomes this thing where we're like, why am I even doing this? We talk about the upsides of being a business owner, and then we go months and months without a paycheck, and it gets harder to feel the upsides of that. So the profit first just really helps with prioritizing paying yourself as a valued part of the business operations and seeing the fruit of it. And then also it has this one-to-one -one correlation of the more revenue the business brings in because I'm operating my paycheck as a percent automatically, the more I get paid. So instead of having a really good month and then being like, well, because we also had big expenses, I'm only going to pay myself a little bit of that good month. No, it's a percent. So if I'm locked in at 50% pay to myself, then I know every time I make another $100, that's $50 more in my paycheck. So that has been really motivating to me. If you get out and do these things that bring in revenue for the business, it's automatically also more revenue for your personal budget. And I think the organizing thing is, you know, you said that was an intriguing part. I don't even know how I would figure out how to do it aside from managing it into organized buckets because it just felt overwhelming to me as a new business owner of especially the tax side and like the saving side. Like I wanted to have an emergency fund, but I didn't even know what it should be. So 
I, I do really recommend both reading Profit First and also the audiobook. That was the first time that I actually started to pay myself regularly because for the first two years that I did Debt-Free Mom, I did exactly what you did where I would just operate my personal and my business totally by itself. And I'd be like, okay, well, I think I could pay myself this much. We're going on vacation next month. So I'm going to try and make sure I can pay myself something to, to pad it or add to that. But it really wasn't until I did Profit First where I was proactive and in the driver's seat of where the business money was going that allowed bigger things like building the course or even Kyle leaving his job and actually supporting our family on this. I never could have done something like that until I had this proactive plan for the way that the money was shaking out. So I, I do think that that would help, especially with not feeling like you have to put yourself last or have to put your personal budget last and actually feeling like you're the positive impact on your personal budget gets to be top of the list or top of the priority for the business. And just feeling like there is so much more enthusiasm and motivation for working then because you don't work, you don't just work more so that the business can earn more. You get to work more so that you get to earn more, which I think is a big switch. It's hard always to make a shift in how you run your business yep, because it it's is scary. so personal. Like my photography business is me. I am the only yep. one. So if I don't work, I don't get paid. Coming out of the pandemic has been really tricky to take the jobs that I really want versus feel like, oh my gosh, like we really have to pay our bills this month. Like mm -hmm. I'll just take this job. Where, I mean, I've had my business since 2007. And so I feel like I've really honed in on the type of clients that I really love and that refer me the most. And it's been an interesting thing the last few years to feel like, oh my gosh, we need to eat. We need to pay rent. Yeah, <laughs> I need to take this job. But the idea of paying myself more is so motivating mm -hmm. because I think as a family, we can like reach our goals even faster that yeah. way. So I have to yeah. think of it, you know, shift the mindset. I know in the book too, he talks about, especially when we look at our operating expenses for the business, we're like, well, these are just necessary expenses. So I'm not going to cut those. I'm going to cut what I pay myself. And he reorients the business owner's perspective of if the business can't pay you, then it's not thriving where we say, well, as long as we cover the business's bills, then we're fine. And we'll get to the point eventually later down the road of paying ourselves well. But he's like the whole freedom and incentive of owning a business is that it pays you well. So we have to make sure that we prioritize that. And you you kind of said tongue in cheek, the idea of giving yourself a bonus, you know, at the end of the year or whatever, that's actually also built into the profit first model, which is one of our favorite parts personally. So when we take that small percent and right now, like I said, my profit percent is only 4%. So 4% of the revenue that comes in, I transfer into an account called profit. But at the end of every quarter, whatever is in that profit account, we pay ourselves half of it as a bonus. So on top of everything else that we're, so on top of those paychecks that we're calculating at the end of March, at the end of June, whenever the quarters are, I just look at, I open that account, whatever is in there and divide it in half and withdraw half as a personal payout. And that is really fun to me because that's like, <laughs> again, it's just the second layer of the more the business earns, the more I get paid. Kyle and I both have exclusively worked in 
the public arena of some kind. So a public school teacher, he was in ministry, like a bonus was not something that ever existed. And so the idea of getting a regular paycheck and being able to cash out a, a bonus every quarter is, is highly incentivizing to us too. And because you only take half of it, then you're also naturally building a business emergency fund because every time it goes up during the quarter and then we cut and pay ourselves half, we're still leaving at least a good chunk of change in there that's growing over time. It starts out small because when you do it for one quarter, you pay yourself 4% for one quarter and then only pay yourself half of that is really really small, but it builds every quarter. And so that's just fun because then you get to look at your personal budget and be like, Ooh, what do I want to do with this? Is there something that just needs to be covered or is there just something fun that we'd like to do with it? And so then that helps to be motivated, like you said, to just keep building it so that it can be something that really secures the family finances in the same way that the business finances are secured. So I think if I compare the actual templates, like you're really familiar with the personal budget template for debt-free mom. But if I actually compare the two like systems that I use, I feel like the business budget is very similar to the personal budget. The only thing is that extra first step of divvying up the revenue into the categories that it needs to go. So for example, if you think about like your husband's paycheck on your personal budget, you don't write down taxes and health insurance and 401k or whatever. That all happens pre-check and then you're just paying attention to the net pay and planning for that. Well, as business owners, we actually have to be the ones to divvy up those pre-tax withdrawals. And so I think that's just like the one extra layer that adds into the budget planning. That is the layer that feels so much more confusing. And I know for me, no matter how confident I felt about the budget, every time I go to pay the taxes, I'm like, just please don't arrest me. Please don't say that I'm like doing it so bad that I'm never going to be allowed to because it is scary. It's just like a it's a weird thing. It's a weird position to be in, to be so vulnerable with, if the taxes are screwed up, there's literally no one else they're going to look at except for me. Uh, so that responsibility is extra, extra stressful. So as you have it now, if you're just using QuickBooks, do you have any other sheet or even just like a notebook or something where you're mapping out, trying to plan in advance what the business expenses are, or you're just kind of watching as they come out with QuickBooks or your bank account? I do use a client management software system called HoneyBook. Within that, I can track certain categories of the jobs I photograph. So I specialize in bar and bat mitzvahs, which are a larger chunk of income than let's say just like a regular family session or mini session or things like that. So I track a lot of things within that. But then I also track those sets of income in QuickBooks Online. So I'll often, after I reconcile the books every quarter or monthly or whatever, I'll go into sort of the year end, almost like year to date. These okay. are the categories. These are the categories of expenses. I'll look at that and be like, okay, like office supplies getting a little crazy. We could maybe boost some marketing things, mm -hmm. or I can look at like certain numbers of sessions are down. So should I do a quick thing in a couple of weeks where I offer 10 mini sessions in a day and see how many I can get, but I don't really do any sort of strategic planning. I've fallen into the trap of, 
I've done this for so long and people will just come back and it'll just be fine. Don't worry about it. Where I feel like this is the path that I've set out to do. And so I really just need to make a go of it. So do you currently feel like the primary thing that's holding you back from like a steady personal income is the way that you're approaching the finances currently? I think so. I think it's also really tricky because I do have to pay out for different categories of expenses that can be really big some months and really small other months. So it's kind of hard to budget, quote unquote, at the beginning of the year. Like I'm only going to spend a thousand dollars on albums, which it's like, if I book certain clients that do want albums, I have to, obviously they pay more for those. And then I have to pay when it goes to print. So kind of thinking of those things, I think are also what trips me up, like the variable income and the variable expenses. So with albums, with something like that, it seems like you might not have to budget for it necessarily in advance because you would only buy one when a client would pay for it. Is that right? Yes. So it wouldn't be like, like if nobody ordered an album, it wouldn't be an expense that you had in your business. How many repeating expenses, like small monthly, like Adobe or something do you have? I'd say I probably have maybe five recurring expenses. So that would be a good place to start when trying to switch to something like profit first, because like you said, the infrequent but high dollar price expenses are going to be the harder ones to work into a business budget. But just getting used to when are those repeating expenses, like, are they going to fall during your first through 15th pay period? Are they going to fall through your 15th to 30th pay period? And how much are they can give you a pulse on this is at minimum the amount that I always need to have allocated for operating expenses. But then I would guess that what you would also find is that it might not be as much as you think it is, which would maybe just open the door for slowly stepping yourself up to paying yourself more. This happens in personal finance too. If we're not in tune with what those expenses are going to be laid out, then we hoard the money just in case. And then we don't send it to our savings account or we don't make an extra debt payoff because we're like, well, this might happen just in case when really those can be known numbers if we take a little bit of time to dive into them. And then as you fine tune how much that is each month, both on a regular set repeating basis, but then also on a more irregular basis with the things that come up throughout the year, then you might realize, oh, I am actually leaving a pretty decent bubble between what I actually need to spend versus what I'm just imagining I might need to spend. And so then you can slowly creep up that amount that you're paying yourself. We want to feel a little bit of something could happen above what I normally have. So I don't want to get all the way down to zero, but there might be a happy medium between what you're doing now and what you actually could afford to pay yourself while still covering those bigger expenses. So For those bigger ones that pop up randomly throughout the year, are they something you could know in advance or is it, oh, well, this lens broke and I didn't know that it was going to. So now I need to replace it unexpectedly. Yeah. Some of my subscriptions are yearly, so I know those in advance, but as far as equipment goes, 
knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's feeling like I'm really in a really good place. But I actually just told my husband the other day, like, okay, this iMac is from 2015. The clock is ticking. <laughs> in the past, we've taken advantage of interest-free for a year. Mm -hmm. If you purchase an Apple product, you can get their credit card and that sort of thing. So I'm not... I guess I'm not as nervous about that as okay. I have been. And we're really, I'm really grateful that here in the Twin Cities, there's a local camera store that rents equipment and I've rented from them for the entirety of my business. And so if I did need something, like I have a job tomorrow mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, my son just dropped my $8,000 lens, which... Hopefully that never happens, but could. Um, yeah, but very much could there's, I could easily call them and rent the photography community here in Minneapolis is gigantic. So if I put out a call, I feel like I could at least borrow something. Sure. Get yourself through. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel really grateful for that. I guess that nervousness or anxiety about, oh my gosh, this is like $5,000 or whatever it is, is not as prevalent now as it was maybe in the beginning of my business. Yeah. So I know with the photographer I just talked to a few days ago, one of the struggles she was having was that like in the fall, she gets tons of income. And then in February, she gets close to nothing. So one thing I think would be helpful too with those is to think through just a couple categories of, okay, if something is going to be a larger one-time expense, like the iMac, I think is a good example, how much could I anticipate it's going to be? And if it's going to be in the next year or two, then during those months where you get tons of income, even just setting up a savings account and just putting aside even half the money that you would need for that expense, that would add to that layer of security, freeing you up to continue paying yourself more because you're like, hey, I can pay myself more than I have been because even if the computer breaks tomorrow, I also have this amount of money set aside for that. I think right now is a good time of year to do it because we're at the beginning of the year. So going through 2023, if I had to name what the five or six big expenses might be for my business, write down what they are and what your best estimate would be for how much it would be. So Google the next iMac and what's the price or whatever it, whatever that expense might end up being. And then as you get times of having revenue that's higher than you expected, you could take a little bit of that and set aside for those things in advance. And I think as you would do that, again, that would just increase the likelihood that you'll feel comfortable paying yourself even more and, and offset the cost too, so that you don't have that expense all at once on the personal side of budgeting. It's basically a sinking fund of saying, I know that that expense is coming down the road for me. I don't know exactly when or exactly how much, but I'm just going to pad my savings just a little bit in case it comes. So do you have a business emergency fund of any kind or savings, or is it just all collecting in that checking? <laughs> it's mostly collecting in the checking. I have really in the last the last couple of years really tried to keep like $5,000 in a mm -hmm. savings account. Like don't go under 5,000. And what I created that savings account for was income tax, quarterly okay. payments, yeah. sales tax payments. So I do sales tax payments because for my larger bar and bat mitzvah clients, I produce a physical product for okay. them, a package of sorts. Uh so I charge that and then I collect that and then from the savings account, if 
there isn't enough in the checking, I would take from the savings to pay those quarterly payments as well. I think as you would read the book, Profit First, this would would become pretty clear, but as we would divide up the accounts so that you would have both a savings and a tax payment, I think I have five separate actual bank accounts all under the umbrella of Debt-Free Mom. It just helps, it visually helps me for sure to log in and clearly see like, this is how much is in the account that's called profit. This is how much is in the account that's called taxes. And especially with the taxes, they're set up based on a percent. So I know at the end of every quarter, just whatever is in that tax account, I wipe it out to zero and I pay that in tax because that is how I've calculated the tax. And it's not my only savings account. So I have the other ones and I'm comfortable with wiping that specific one out to zero because the whole purpose of that one account is tax. So that actually makes taxes feel pretty easy. Now, I guess I'll say it feels pretty easy, but I haven't filed my taxes from last year. So <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in April if it was easy. But it at least gives me a simple system for not having to be like, okay, QuickBooks says I need to pay this. Which accounts am I going to pull it from to come up with that amount? It's already in a bank account that has that much in it and I can go ahead and pay. So I think the organizing of the categories and the accounts where we actually set a specific amount and a specific name to it just eases the confusion around how many dollars should I even have and what should it be for? And helps me to feel more confident with like, yep, this account is called operating expenses. So anything I put in there, I can spend. And actually I should spend because I'm basing my tax percentages off of this much in operating expenses per year. So organizing those a little bit adds to the productivity too, where you're like, yep, I have my butt covered for my taxes. I have my butt covered for my emergency fund and what's in the checking account can really be more streamlined into expenses and then paying out yourself. Because as you're building the business and as the business is successful, I would hope that there would be a system built in there for the more successful the business is, the larger your paycheck, where you don't have to see your own paycheck be offset by, well, the month was really successful, but I also had this annual subscription renew, so I don't get to pay myself as much. Where if we have a system for setting aside money in advance for those larger expenses, then you don't have to cut that paycheck down for yourself. Have you ever been interested in, this is not how Profit First works, but this is how a lot of business owners do, of like almost salarying yourself. Like I'm just going to commit to paying myself 1000 every paycheck and figuring it out. I think when I tried, when I started using your template, mm -hmm. I said to myself, okay, let's say $500 which feels really low that I'm actually saying that. Yeah. Loud. Yeah. For all um, the work you do. Yeah. But I was like, okay, 500 and then see where the chips fall. Okay. And also knowing that in the first quarter could be really low. Mm -hmm. um, and especially, I mean, bar and bat mitzvahs in the Twin Cities happen year round. So I could be booked. I could be very busy right now. Okay. I'm not. I think things are still getting back into the swing post pandemic, but looking at the numbers, I'd be like, okay, the winter months are slower. So maybe let's not take so much. And then I'd look at like the summer and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so busy. So let's up that to a thousand. Mm -hmm. And then looking at the fall and thinking, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to be working my tail off every weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> on the computer 24 seven, like 1500. Yeah. Like I was just, I guess I was like prices writing the yeah. amounts and I was <laughs> yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh. And then if it happened to be less or we didn't need as much, I'd be like, okay, let's maybe back that 1500 down to a thousand and leave money in the business. Because I think a lot of just what I've been taught over the years of business management is you've got to have that money in there. Right. Like what if, you know, what if you go on a shoot and your camera bag, like falls into a lake yeah. like what yeah. happens god like forbid wild, kind of wild things <laughs> yeah like you've got to have that money in there so I guess that's how I've been working and a question I was going to ask is when you talk about your different accounts like your buckets your accounts mm-hmm. uh, just from like the nitty-gritty of it do you have a check card for each of those or checks for the one that is for your income tax that you have to pay via check or you can pay via check. So I have the checking account for operating expenses that I do have a debit card for. And then I have a checking account for income that I don't have a debit card for. That's just where the money gets transferred in. So like out of PayPal, out of Stripe, my main payment processors, I have it set up to deposit the money in that income one. And then on the 10th and the 25th, I divvy it up into the operating expenses, which again is a checking account with a debit card, owner pay, which is a checking account in my personal name that becomes mine for my personal business. So I use Ally and they allow buckets inside of each of their savings accounts. And so I have one savings account that has a profit bucket and a tax bucket. And then we're working on hiring employees. So I have a bucket for a pay. I call it payroll reserve. I'm just putting money in there to, again, just like what you said, needing to pad the accounts before taking on risk, which hiring someone is a risk. So I have those uh, buckets are all inside of one savings account. So for example, with taxes, like you said, when I go to pay those quarterly taxes, I just do an online transfer of everything that's in the tax bucket. And I move it into the operating expenses checking account, because that's the checking account that I have physical checks and a debit card for. And then I write the checks for the taxes out of there. And that money just sits in that account until the IRS cashes it or whatever. So the reason I have the income and the operating expenses as debit accounts or checking accounts is because I don't want any penalties for making transfers between them. So I just wanted it to be a checking that I could instantly access without limits. But then the profit and the tax one, both of those buckets, I only take out of quarterly. So I'm putting money into them every 10th and 25th, but I'm only taking money out quarterly. And so I wanted the high yield savings account to have that interest that I could be earning even just a little bit. So I think it, I think between those two, it earns about $15 a month or something. But so I do have those in savings. And then the other ones are checking accounts. Now I know depending on your bank, I know that he keeps an online list of banks that are like profit first friendly is what he calls them. Banks that allow you to have like multiple checking accounts and multiple savings and rename them and all those things. So that would be worth a look too. Cause I know he's pretty active with keeping up with like, these are the ones that are nice about letting you reallocate your money and move it around to things instead of having banks that like require a $15,000 minimum balance at all times or whatever that wouldn't 
be friendly for, you know, like in this profit first method, some of the bank accounts very temporarily, but some of them do actually go down to basically a zero balance and not all banks are okay with that. So he has a list of profit first friendly bank accounts, but yeah, that's how I organize it so that I have a debit card for the accounts that I need a debit card for. And then for the accounts that I am almost never accessing, I have them in savings so that they can earn some interest. If you're not paid once a month, why are you budgeting that way? A monthly budget ignores the fact that sometimes your expenses are due before the next paycheck is available. A pay period budget is built around your unique pay schedules so that your money doesn't feel like a mess. Create an accurate, realistic plan for getting the most out of each paycheck. Get started budgeting by pay period today with the best-selling budget template and mini course from me, Debt Free Mom. It's available for just $9 at debtfreemom.co slash template. So moving from here, like as we're having this conversation about the differences between personal and business, if I could narrow it down to a few specific things that would be the most helpful, I do think reading Profit First and coming up with some way to organize your money in advance so that it so that we take away a little bit of your tendency to wait and see what happens before paying yourself and instead move it into a little bit more of a proactive paying yourself. And then also I think moving from there, just taking the exact same money and kind of reorganizing it into, okay, I know I have $5,000 sitting right here, but I'm actually going to figure out how much of that is going to be for my taxes coming up in a couple months and how much of it is going to be like just a straight emergency fund for the business versus saving up for a computer or whatever it might be. And as you layer in those savings accounts with specific names and specific values, then you can start to get a full picture of, yep, like the things that are coming down the pipeline that are going to be more expensive, I do have a plan for so I can keep paying myself the way that I would like to be paid. Then that would help too with, I started with 500, then 1,000, then 1,500, then back to 500. Like we never want to decrease our paychecks, right? That never feels fun because like you said, like you're working super hard and it's not correlating with the number of hours that you're putting in. So like you're putting in all these hours, but then all of a sudden your personal payout is going from 1500 to 500 and that just sucks the life out of even wanting to do it. It totally so does. Having those systems where you're like, yes, the every time the business makes another dollar, I make another 50 cents can really, really drive that motivation. And then also just see the benefits in your personal budget. I have a business budget template and I have the personal budget template. That's the same one as yours. And I have them connected in a way that as I add, as I record income into my business template, it actually syncs with the personal budget and like updates the number. So my next pay periods income is like bumping up a little bit every time I put in new income. And that is, that's like a game to me because I'm like, okay, I'm in the driver's seat of my personal budget and I'm in the driver's seat of my business budget. And if I can teach my Instagram audience something super valuable about the budget template and then link to the $9 template at the end of that really valuable series, I know that a few people are going to buy it. And then that just shows you this really clear one-to-one correlation between the time that I put in and the increase in my income in my personal budget. So that would be like my second takeaway for you. After figuring out the profit first and the way that your current money is getting allocated, then figure out what percent 
you can reliably pay yourself and start to see that really clear connection between business and personal budget so that you don't have to get to the end of your pay period and think, okay, what should I pay myself? Instead, you can just see a number of like, yep, I did I did this amount of work. And because of that, I got this amount of dollars for my paycheck. And so that's what I'm going to put into my personal budget. I think that you have a new business model, Carly, of connecting <laughs> personal and business because I would be literally I know. the first person to okay. buy that template. <laughs> I, you know, you say that. And even as we got on, as we got on and we were like prepping for starting to record this, I was like, I really need to get that business template out. <laughs> I would literally buy that. And then, then I would buy a copy for all of my friends and be like, yes. Because I do. I mentioned it earlier. I just didn't specifically say that it's in the template, but the template that I use for my business and Instead of just having a tab per quarter, like what we have for our personal budgets, I have two tabs per quarter. One tab is the revenue. And so I'm just recording what the revenue is. And then the second tab is the quarterly budget. So like I have one tab where I'm recording all the money that's just coming in. And then the spreadsheet is automatically calculating based on the revenue that came in. Here's what to put for 4% profit, 30% operating expenses, this percent tax and this percent owner pay so that when I get to the 10th and the 25th, I can just open that sheet and it tells me here's the four things to do with that money. And as long as the amount of revenue I wrote down actually matches what's in the Ally income bank account, then I just go ahead and make those four transfers and that's all I do. I think I think that the taking ownership piece of this is so important to me because I work in like the small pockets of time, you know, mm -hmm. you're a mom too. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I've got five minutes. I'm going to come on Instagram and I'm going to yep. deliver this message or I'm going to promote this thing that I'm doing. And so to, I, to have the idea of like, oh my gosh, look at all this money that's in profit. And like, mm -hmm. we could really take a big bonus or take a big yeah. amount this month, that's super motivating to me because then I can say to my husband, like, Hey, you could only work four days. And then mm -hmm. on the fifth day, I can work on my business. Mm -hmm. He can watch our son, bring him to school, do all of those things because that's place we're at right now is just trying to figure out like, okay, are you're going to work these hours? Okay. I'm going to work the opposite. <laughs> Usually that means I'm working really early in the morning and really late, late at, night. at night. So, which isn't ideal for the long run, especially yeah. when you have small children around. So this is just, it's, I, I was just shaking my head and I'm like, put that spreadsheet together, Carly. <laughs> I will literally be person. I will Please do sell it. it to me. <laughs> and isn't it yeah. so funny too, how whether it's business or personal, it's often that we don't need to change too much about what we're bringing in or what we're spending. It's just the knowledge of what's actually happening with the numbers that frees us up to do things like that. You might already be at a point where he can work four days instead of five, but it just takes the clear confidence in the numbers actually working in order to free you up to feel okay pulling the trigger on something that's so scary like voluntarily reducing your income. Yeah, completely. Last year, our son was diagnosed with autism and he's non-speaking. So it takes a lot of concentration yeah. when you're with him, you're with him. There's mm -hmm. no like scrolling Instagram. There's no, I'm going to get on here and talk about these mini sessions or anything like that. And 
I think it would be a huge gift to our family to know like, okay, my husband can take one day Mm -hmm. off a week in the middle of the week for me to even go on these daytime shoots that I get inquiries for, but that seems so overwhelming to even consider taking because that means I have to find childcare. That means I have to Mm -hmm. to sort of like play this whole schedule rat race. And so you put a pep in my step. I'm so excited for this. Good. Good. And I think it too, like when we operate the business finances like that, it really forces us to step aside from downplaying what we're doing and being like, it's a little side hustle and it's a little thing I do or whatever. And once we like operate it in that way, where we're like, Hey, I'm pulling in 30% of the family's income or 40% of the family's income. Then you can start to see, and your husband can see, and other people can see like, Oh, it actually would be well worth our time for him to work one less day and for you to work, not just not only because you want to and because your work is worth it, but also because it is a revenue driver that has that clear one-to-one relationship of if you can free me up to work on Fridays, I can translate that into this amount of revenue for our family. And that's just exciting for everybody. You get a chance to switch up your routine. He gets a chance to be with your son a little bit extra. You get to do like, it's just like wins all around. And I'm totally speaking from experience as well with Kyle leaving his job in October until we actually did it. It was like, well, I I hope it'll work. And I think we make enough money. (laughs) But then once we actually did it, I was like, oh, we do run a business that is bringing in this revenue. And like, we can have more of that time flexibility in our life and all those things, which is the whole goal of being a business owner, right? We don't want to own a business and feel like we're strapped to our computer and barely making a paycheck. I know at the beginning of running debt-free mom, there were so many times where I'm like, I have been working for hours and hours and hours and not getting paid anything. It would be more worth my time to get a job at Starbucks or something, you know? But then once we translate it into, oh, now I see all the upsides and now I see all the benefits, even though there are hard things, then we get excited. Like you said, we get that pep in our step of like, oh, this is now I remember why I wanted to become a business owner. Yeah. I think, I mean, side note, after we started using your template last year, I was like really proud of us because my husband is a saver and I'm a spender. I think you've talked about the same. So (laughs) he, he is like minimum thousands in the checking. And I'm like, that looks like a shopping trip to me. We absolutely cannot do that. (laughs) And I think early in our marriage, we came to like, okay, a thousand or 500, but then we just literally just started dumping money into a savings. And that's when I was still doing the business, but Mm -hmm. I was also working full time. So anything from the business was just extra. So when we started using their, your template, I was like, look, we've already gotten like the first three videos are already done. We've already got the money. He was like, oh my gosh. So that really helped us feel secure to like start paying down debt to start Uh doing all these things. And then we ended up moving in December to a different suburb of Minneapolis so that our son could attend this autism day treatment school Mm -hmm. and different, get all of his therapies, like all in one spot. And this district is really well known for their supports in that area, moving close to grandparents and all of that. And found this townhome and it's just like been such a gift and like to be able to put like look in the spreadsheet and think of like okay how are we going to actually make this work was huge like yeah we, he was like are you sure are you sure I'm like look at the numbers <laughs> the numbers are not gonna lie to yes. you yes. I promise I'm not hiding anything I'm not hiding secret 
bank accounts. Yeah. It's all literally right here. Yeah. So that was, that was huge. And now thinking about the option to have him work less, mm-hmm. to be with our son more and mm-hmm. all of that. It's just like, it feels like the work that we've put in, in the last two years for our son is like finally coming to fruition and yeah. like he's really thriving here and I'm just like so grateful that is amazing it's such a milestone to achieve when you compared to when you start because when you start you're like I hope this turns into what I'm you know what people like me are telling you it could turn into yeah. but then once it actually does that's the game changer that's when you're like oh that is exactly why we've been doing the work and it makes continuing to do the work so much easier. It almost doesn't feel like work when people are like, well, how do you get up the motivation to look at your budget all the time? It's like, you really only have to do that in the beginning in a big way, because you're having Mm -hmm. to trust what someone else says instead of having your actual experience. But now that you guys have the actual experience under your belt of these are the actual life moves we were able to make because of managing our money in this way, it just becomes like, why wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I keep doing it? Because I have such a tangible reminder of the rewards of it, which just makes it easy to do. I know I am a numbers person. You said you're not a numbers person. I know I am a (laughs) numbers person, but I do enjoy looking at my budget because it just calms whatever anxieties I have about what I think might happen. And then forces me to look at the numbers and be like, you might feel like that's going to happen, but the numbers are saying that's not going to happen. So you got to chill. Before we started using your template, I was tracking all of our expenses and like the totals and the checking accounts and all of that in different ways, but putting them into the categories. I think of how you had it. I was like, and I can add a note, like this Mm -hmm. church in child's clothing was for like the snow gear or something. And then being able to now look back at last year and be like, okay, what were those like recurring expenses that we had? There's a little bit extra because we already paid that or just looking at all the categories and thinking like, oh, we really didn't spend that much in hair care or yeah. something like some yeah. random thing where you're like, Oh, maybe I'll yeah. do a little bit extra this. Time yeah. That, that easy seesaw of like, Oh, something was lower than I thought it would be. So something else gets to be higher than I thought it could be. Yeah. I love going into the template and like putting in tracking expenses and tracking all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a numbers person, but yeah. I love doing that. And it's really fun for me. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Love seeing the back and forth, the seesaw effect of it. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. It really does. I describe it as a game. And I think people look at me like I'm absurd if they haven't done it, but I'm like, once you do it, it does actually feel like a game. I promise. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's super fun. I love it. I love it. Spoken spoken like a non-numbers loving person. You heard it here first. (laughs) I was telling my cousin about you. Oh, it's, you know, debt-free mom. She does this budgeting template. I sent her your link and she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, this helped you guys like get from here to here. She's like, we need that. Like we don't track anything. They're expecting their second baby at the end of the year. And I'm just like, you need to track this because I think you'd be shocked to see where a, where your money is going Mm -hmm. and then what it could go to. And all of that, I think is, it's huge. So grateful for you coming on too, because I think money for some reason is such a taboo thing. I went business owner and personal owner, like talking about having any sort of problem or frustration with our money is so taboo that 
as soon as we open the door, like just by me and you recording this and opening the door to the conversation, then it's like, oh, I can talk about my money in that way. Like, it's just something that we're all having to do. So let's figure out a way to do it well. Someone told me once people are people and numbers are numbers. Mm, I love that. So just to take the guesswork out of it, you're just a person. I just happen to follow you. Yeah. Like not saying you're not special. You're no. very special to me. You're a celebrity <laughs> yes. to me, Carly. but keeping it just like chill because you might bring in this and mm-hmm. I might bring in this. That doesn't, that has zero attachment to what you're worth. In this Absolutely. If somebody's number is seven times more than yours, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're like more important or that they should get more or yeah. whatever. It's just yeah. like, that's a number. It's just a number. Like, yep. Yeah. It's whatever we, it is. Only, so. only our minds is assigning some kind of value to it. But at the end of the day, it is just a number. Yeah, I love that. And it's so helpful yeah. because once we can get to that, then we're like, okay, then I can say what my student debt is or what my restaurant spending has been without feeling like it's an automatic statement about my value. Exactly. Exactly. Well, really, really appreciate it so much. It was a business episode with a hodgepodge of other things, which I think is so perfect for just what we're doing. And because at the end of the day, I mean, both of us are personal budgeters and moms and wives and business owners. So it was a little bit of all of that. So I am just so thankful that you are willing to come on and be open and honest about something that is personal and can feel vulnerable like money. And I know that as listeners listen and in, listen into your episode, they will feel encouraged to make some of the moves that you guys made in 2021 and start to see that confidence and budget that works in their favor instead of being something that feels like it's telling them what to do. People are people and numbers are numbers. What a great idea from Sydney. Your numbers don't define you even if you're as up close to the numbers as Sydney is being a small business owner. We talked about how even though it might feel challenging at first, we've both experienced the benefits of simplicity and ease in our budget when we're willing to wait a few days and keep transactions to a minimum. Finally, your business and your business budget should work for you. It shouldn't just be something that keeps the business afloat. It should be a tool that gives you a direct connection between your hard work and a payoff into your personal budget. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with your favorite small business owner who needs to hear that it's not only okay to pay themselves out of the budget, but that it's vital to the health and success of both their business and personal finances. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Mom podcast. If you want to join me as a guest on the show, go to dfmpodcast.com. The Debt-Free Mom podcast is hosted by me, Carly Hill, and is produced, edited, and mixed by Kyle Hill. Music for this episode was written by Kyle Hill. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to join in with every new episode as we grow our confidence and contentment in our personal finances. 